welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and my co-host, Christian Conway. Oh, there seems to be an important game this weekend. I, I can't quite place my finger on it. Happy International Podcasters Day. I know, it's our holiday. <laughs> it's our holiday, and shout out to all of our Galaxy counterparts. You guys know, um, you know, it's funny because I tell my students all the time, oh, no one is you, and that's what makes you unique, and... Honestly, thank you to our listeners for choosing to listen to us when we know you have so many options. And I have a feeling some of you out there listen to more than one Galaxy podcast because when you have a game like we did and also games coming up, you're going to want to hear all of it. It's like therapy at this point. But before we get into that, um, on a more super serious note, NWSL news uh, came out that the Portland Thorns are speaking out against their former coach. And, you know, I sent Christian the link and I've been talking to my um, female counterparts um, who do, you know, um, women kick balls. You've got Jackie over there and we've got Patty uh, for the women's sports podcast um, that talks football. Um, sorry. Patty, I'm butchering the name of your podcast. Um, but I, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating to hear and it's saddening to hear another story like this of a man in power taking advantage of that and taking advantage of young girls. And I didn't read their testimony because I just feel like it's terrible that women have to even share their stories in depth like that for them to be believed. And, you know, I understand it's empowering to use that voice and I highly respect and I highly commend the courage that it takes. But, you know, it's just, for me, it's just, it just seems to just be happening. And I'm so glad that, you know, there's a platform for women to speak out about this. Um, so, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing. Yeah, go ahead, Christian. Take it so, away. So uh, I, I did end up reading the Athletic article written by Meg Linehan, um, and it is it is a a very difficult read, but it is a read that I think uh, Meg did a fantastic job reporting, uh, you know, Megan Shim and, and uh, Sinead uh, following stories. Um, it, it, and I agree with, with everything that you preface this with. You know, it, it is... It is jarring in a sense because, I mean, you think about Paul Riley as an institution in NWSL and to hear how he gained that institutional status in that article is just, it's so painful to, to hear. And, and I will say, I think NWSL this year is, has dealt with a reckoning um, that I think has come a very long way. And, and I can't remember who says it in Meg's article in The Athletic, which, um, you know, honestly, her writing alone is worth the subscription to the athletic um, because she's maybe the best soccer writer I've ever read. Um, but there, there's two quotes that stick out to me in that article. And one of them is um, she takes a, a kind of a broad view of, of a lot of the coach departures in NWSL. And she says like a lot of them are related to, you know, abuses of power and abuses of, you know, sexual, you know, power, et cetera. And she says, like, look, you know, and, and she quotes a player, I think it was an anonymous player, I, I, in, you know, crucify me if I'm wrong. But the quote goes along, this line, along the lines of, this, this was coming. This is a reckoning. This isn't, you know, necessarily something that was happening in a vacuum. The other quote that stuck with me is that 
another former player that was was interviewed that chose to remain anonymous said, oh, we brought our concerns to NWSL, but we were told to stay silent because if this breaks, this would be bad for the league. And if the league doesn't survive, then we don't have a job. And it's like, to me, that 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 power dynamic breaks my heart because it's like, and, and it's a reinforcement about how we need to invest in women's sports. Like, the fact of the matter that this article has to come out and then... You know, like, for example, the, the, the investigation that, you know, the Thorns made in 2015 gets swept under the rug because, oh, that'll be bad for the league. And, well, if the league goes, then your job goes. Like, that's unacceptable at a base level. And it, it infuriates me in a way that I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, no, this isn't okay. Like, no one should be terrified to lose not just a job but the league because they're doing the right thing by reporting some absolutely disgusting misconduct. And it, it, that article riled me in a way that I, 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 I just, I'm like, the way that it's, it's not, you know, necessarily the fact that, you know, these, these players were so brave to step forward and so brave to be honest in this. And it's not, you know, and, I, and I'm incredibly glad that people are being held to task for this. Paul Riley got his uh, license suspended by USSF today. Like, you know he's no longer a head coach of, or no longer head coach of, of North Carolina Courage, but it's more the fact that NWSL knew this was going on. Has there was there was trackable evidence that they knew this was going on, and literally swept under the rug because they said, "Oh hey, like if this gets out, we might lose the league." Well, wh- who does that fall on? You know, like where you can't report something that is so horribly traumatizing to players because you're terrified of losing the league. Well, that opens up a meta conversation about like. We have to do better by these athletes. We just have to. And I'm actually, you know, I can't speak for the women, obviously, but I mean, when you hear all of this, the only inference you can make is that the women who didn't say anything right away didn't for the very re- the very reason that we're concluding is that they didn't want to lose this opportunity that they have and when you think about how little the women get paid and how little the women have as many resources when you think they don't even want to lose that they would put up with this coach and this stuff and continue even though this and I'm trying not to cuss because I know we have kids who are listening but this this ish that they have happening it just it just tells you just how not just sinister you know this this coach had to have known what he was doing but also just how how deep it runs and on so many levels and you know it's one thing for me to say like oh you know it's disgusting to and sickening and you know deplorable that all of this stuff is going on but the fact of the matter is that this does go on and so you know it's just a matter of time like you said I mean we saw it with even the Harvey Weinstein stuff it's like it's only a matter of time till the till what happens in the dark comes to the light yeah and I think also I mean if you look at the the head coaching slash GM departures this year um, I mean there were there were two and then I saw that ended up they were just taking better jobs in Europe um Orlando City's coach and uh, Freya Kuhn, who then ended up in, in Los Angeles. Um, but you look at, you know, Richie Burke, you know, leaving. And then you look at, you know, Alyssa LaHue. And, and that's a, a very odd situation, um, but one that is kind of falls into this. And then, of course, Paul Riley leaving. You know, it's, it's painful to me to see this. But what I would say, if, if there is any positive to be taken out of that article in The Athletic, is that Again, that quote that I come back to, which is, 
this is not an isolated incident. This is a reckoning of people that have hurt us and we are finally taking agency. That, that make like, Alex Morgan was quoted in the piece um, and she said, you know, I asked for the NWSL player's handbook, you know, in terms of, you know, like, what are our protections? What protects the players? And it was, and she said, it's, it's an eight, it was an eight page document. Well, what are, like, what are we doing? You know, like, it's an eight page document that's like, don't speak badly about the league, you know, like, you know, here are your media and image rights. Where are the protections for players for these kind of situations? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. legitimately, if you if you read the athletic article, and I, I urge you to do so, you know, take the free month trial and do it. There are so many structural failures of power, and yet it all comes back to this concept of, well, don't talk up too loud because you might lose the league. And it's like, no. U.S. soccer and whoever backs NWSL, and it has to come from the ownership groups, it has to come from the front offices, etc., has to protect these players and has to take seriously when these players come forward with this kind of stuff. And the fact that they have failed, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, obviously Sinead and, 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 and Megan Shim are, are the, the kind of the faces of this article, but there are so many other players that are quoted in this that chose to remain anonymous, and it's like, you have failed all those people. You know, like, this, it has to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't blame those that wanted to stay anonymous. I get that. Um, look, I mean, um, writers deserve to be paid. So, you guys, if you, if, if, you, if you can afford to, please subscribe to The Athletic. However, I understand times are tough. Um, believe me, um, you know, at the pop-up, we met many a, a Galaxy fan who are very loyal and they just, you know, can't support financially. And so, look, um, maybe you have a friend who subscribes, right? Um, you can do the Netflix thing and share an account, <laughs> okay? So, um, yeah, thank, thank you so much again, Christian, for your input. Um, you know, I almost felt like I, even as a woman, like, I just didn't even feel like it was even my place to really... Obviously, we have to talk about it. it's important, but I was just like, what can I say, you know? Like, what what can I say in, in such a, a thing that's so above our heads in a lot of ways, you know? And, um, but, you know, we have a voice and, and we're here to use it. And I don't, on International Podcasters Day, want to butcher my friend Patty's um, awesome podcast. And she does a lot of work and I was able to meet her with media. So it is... Um, Women's World Football Show, that's Women's World Football Show, and Jackie is Women Kickballs. Um, so please, um, Kelly Landa Verde, she's uh, really fantastic. She's been able to report a lot in Spanish, and I would love to get her to translate some stuff for us sooner than later. So we really appreciate all of you who are, I know, going to cover more of this for us. Can I close out this section just with, like, two final statements? Of course. One or I guess it's not just one and two, it's, it's, a, it's a combined statement. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful to the NWSL for giving women's soccer what it needs. But that article reads as a organization that is terrified to accept the reality of what it was okay with letting on. Two, these women, not just in terms of pay, in terms of whatever, deserve better. And that comes from us as a community, as a soccer community, speaking up and saying they deserve better because they do deserve better. And it's not just the Alex Morgans, Meg Rapinos, Tobin Heath, et cetera, mm-hmm. of the world. It's the player on the roster that's fighting for their spot. It's 
you know, an international player that comes into the United States because they have an opportunity and they want to take their chance. We as a community have to be able to fight for them and do better because if this article told us anything, we have to do better. Yeah, and and to the little girls that are sitting in the stands that are wanting to play soccer now and who are probably going through very similar experiences now, you know, to be able to have them look up and be able to say that they have a voice too. And 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 and, and, uh-huh. and to have a league that will protect them. That's yes, the most important. Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. And I agree with that. And you know, it's so disheartening when you know you had the LA Galaxy you know disband the 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 girls academy for whatever reason and frankly no reason is good enough to me um you know we've been demanding an nwl team from uh, an nwsl team from um la galaxy for a while but you know what you got to support what's what's there and what's coming and this and this is why okay so as we transition uh again thank you all so much um to other grievances um okay this is not going to be a very positive episode. No, and you know what's funny is that Christian is always the optimistic one, and he's my stats guy, so I'm I'm just going to go first before we, um, I let you take it away and not just that, but go ahead and, and run all the stats. I mean, I, I admittedly, you know, we don't do predictions on this show. <laughs> and if you're playing balls and beers, which, by the way, if you're listening, even if somehow you found your way here and you're not, an LA Galaxy fan. This is for everyone. This is an MLS prediction show. This is for all of you listening now. If you don't already play, listen, if you're out there betting actual financial money on on MLS or you're any stupid. sports games. No, I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to say like uh how how you gotta you gotta like balls and beers first, and this is why we don't bet money or make predictions. So what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at, okay, back to Austin FC because we haven't had a chance to talk about that. Yes, worst team in the league, um, LA Galaxy lose. Lose 2-0 and don't even get one back. And, yeah, we're playing on the road. And, yeah, like I said, Austin FC isn't a punk even though I know that they're bottom. But this is exactly what happens and the reason I'm lumping all this together is because I don't know why when I tuned in last night, which, side note, I have to say kudos to all the Galaxy Twitter for being really invested in a Wednesday away game because say what you will about the team's state right now, we are all invested. We are alive. We are tweeting. We are texting each other. We're podcasting. We're we're going off right now. And whether you like it or not, we are living. And so... You know, to say that this is an MLS contender, I I never sat here and said that. I know Christian and I said, and you can please go back and listen to other episodes, where we said this is a rebuild year. We had Jamie Bacon on this show, and she tweeted and said the same thing here. And so for the people who are saying Vanny out, listen, you think it's bad now on a rebuild year? And I'm going to sit here and defend Vanny. No, we can't get rid of him. We need this mofo for the next two more years at least because, yeah, okay, you don't think his signings have been good and you're disappointed at Cabral, who, by the way, for all the hate he gets, has an assist and he's got two goals. So I don't even want to hear that right now. Some of us were crying for Cabral to get 
put on last night. Yes, you have the Yovaliches. Yes, you have the Chicharitos, and those are the guys that you want to see. And then you have Grancier, who plays every single match, and really, just that first half of that match in Utah, you just see the Galaxy pounding it away. They're attacking. They're trying. And it at the end of the day, like I've said before, it's like watching me play FIFA. If I can attack, 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 if I don't get that ball behind the net, my friends beat me 5-0. And we haven't quite seen that yet for the Galaxy. But this is, you know, we don't do predictions on the show, but this is what we're kind of headed to. And like, okay, you can go ahead and say, oh, do we really on the bond train still? When Klinsman probably would have saved that. Or like that wasn't really a Golasso for that last goal um, that RSL did. And I still think it was because... It was. Yeah, how did, how did he loop that in? I don't care that it bounced before it went in the net. Um... You know, you have Efrain Alvarez, who just has to be better when he's standing there. You have Julian Araujo in the back, who is putting in all the work, and he is doing things. And you have Jovalich taking a shot that I'm not mad about, of all things said. Now, why do the Galaxy suck so bad when, and I'm going to let you talk, Christian, in a second, when you finally got the full roster healed and training together, and yeah, you can go ahead and say, well, that's part of the problem. Here's what I will say that Chicharito not being there for many weeks meant that the other guys on the team had to step it up. Now he's back, and I'm I'm seeing a little bit of Zlatan ball, but we don't have a Zlatan, and they're just trying to feed him the ball, and it's not going to work, and you don't have the same crossing, and I'm so sick of short corners. But I think that's been part of the problem, is that this team was working one way, and then nobody's been really able to step it up. I don't know what Vanny's deal is with these late subs. And some of his starting lineups are... Like, why hasn't he figured it out yet? Sure, I'm not going to sit here and say that Vanny's perfect. You know, or that or that he's better than Shiloto or anybody else you can throw right here. It's not... It doesn't matter. Yes, the state of the club has been this way since 2015. You know, and you can go ahead and blame Chris Klein or whatever... But let's, let's just look at the 2021 season. Let's just look at what we're dealing with now. Go ahead, Christian. So I would say that I think a lot of what we're seeing is a regression to the mean. Like if you talk about, and I'm now stats boy, so I, I have to deliver some numbers. Um, yes, thank you. I mean, our expected goals against puts us in the same category as Cincinnati, Toronto, and Chicago. That's not company Ouch. you want. That's not company you want to keep. Now what I will say about the RSL game versus the Austin game, the RSL game, those are two goals that I literally look at and I'm like, yeah, that's those were two weird goals to concede. I mean You know what? Yeah, you know what? That's and I don't mean to interrupt you, but real quick, yeah, that last goal, if if this if this was if this match had happened, and by the way, RSL did not look good, okay, but let's say this match happens when the Galaxy are on a winning streak or on a on draws instead of like this winless streak, right? I think I think that we wouldn't be as mad at a loss like this at right. this performance. I, I, and I think you actually got to a point that I was, I, I, and I agree with you 110%. You actually said kind of the words I was thinking. Um, look, it, that Jonathan Bond first goal, yes, we can start having conversations about Jonathan Bond regressing to the mean. Like, this is a Galaxy team that it's, is, if you are inclined to statistics at all, is regressing to the mean. Like, it is a team that overperformed its numbers and is now kind of coming back to earth. Does it hurt? Yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> like, I mean, if you look at the last eight games, they haven't won a game in eight games. I mean, the the win-loss 
the win-loss draw column is starting to pile up. But the numbers between the Austin game and the RSL game aren't bad. Like, like this is a team that I think is just snake bit. Like, they need, like, to go in the locker room, put a sage stick out, and just kind of, like, run it all out, you know? Like, it is so funny that you say that because I saw so many Galaxy Twitter. And, you know, I had joked about Brujeria in the past, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're, cur- we're cursed or whatever. Like, what are we going to do, right? And then... When you get Heimelainen on, I don't know if anybody else like saw that tweet, but they're like baptize him a G because he played for LAFC briefly. And like, I'm not even kidding when I say get some holy water. Like, what is it gonna take for this for this bad juju to get off of us? I mean, the Galaxy battered Real Salt Lake, and I will say I I did not watch the Austin game. I I was I I took a rare weekend off of watching this disappointment of a club. Um, hey, self-care is why we're able to bring but, it to you on a Thursday night after but, our personal lives and day jobs and whatnot. Look, I mean, look at the numbers yeah, between studying. the Austin, look at the, look at the numbers between the Austin game and the Real Salt Lake game. And especially I'm going to focus on a stat that I don't necessarily like focusing on because I think it's a meaningless stat. Possession? In, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but in this case, I think it actually has a little bit of meaning, which is shots and shots on goal. If you look at the game mm. against Austin, 15 shots, seven on goal, Against RSL, it's 20 shots and 5 shots on goal. Now, RSL was better in the second half. I think we can admit that. I think, you know, if, if, if I was Pablo Mastroeni as head coach of Real Salt Lake, going in halftime 1-0 up, I would have been like, whoo, thank God. You know, like, we survived that half. If you look at the way the Galaxy bombarded RSL's goal in the first half, and Look, sometimes David Ochoa is going to apparently become Guillermo Ochoa and just steal you a game, and, like, that happens. Now, I understand why the RSL loss is frustrating in the context of what's going on this season, and especially right now in this season. If anything in MLS, it's a lot better to be bad for the first half and then be good for the second half. The Galaxy kind of got that math wrong a little bit and were really good for the first half and then not so great for the second half. I, 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 I see things that I like. I really do. And it's, it's this thing that I've constantly said this, this season, which is that there's individual parts of this team and individual moments of this team that look really, really good. That I'm like, yes, we're building something here. This is going to turn out well. Like I, I, I point to the passage of play in the first half against RSL where Chicharito had that long-range shot uh, that David Ochoa saved pretty comfortably um, where it was four passes and all of a sudden the, uh, Chicharito had a shot. Like, that, that was not the case during Zlatan Ball, where Zlatan Ball was slow and plodding, and it was just like, all right, well, I guess we're going to huff a corner, and, or a huff across, and we'll see what happens. The Galaxy were moving the ball incisively, and it, it gets to a point that I've kind of been feeling about this Galaxy team, where it's like, this team is really good on the pass. I mean, they, they, they pass teams to death, but it's the same thing that I feel about, like, FC Barcelona circle circa 2016-2017 where they were so brilliant in the past, they were so good. But what was the book on beating that Barcelona team? Well, it was just, all right, cool. We'll play in a 4-5-1, sit back, and try to break us down. You know, have the will to break us down. And I just don't think the Galaxy have that right now. And, uh, let, okay, let's focus on the positives, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll dive into the negatives. Well, hold on, because you were referencing Barcelona, and at one point, I think, one of the commentators was like, Oh, it's it's like Tiki Taka, and I'm like, but Tiki Taka requires skill, and this is not what I see the Galaxy doing right now. Tiki Taka doesn't require skill; it requires time, because mm. the whole entire point of Tiki Taka is 
it's the old Chinese adage of death by a thousand cuts, which is that you slowly, slowly, slowly start moving the ball left to right, left to right, start pulling teams apart. And then it's all about that one moment of incision, like that one moment of, all right, cool. I can see a forward on the run. I've got him. The Galaxy are really good about moving the ball. They're not really good about that moment of incision. You know what? And to RSL's credit, I have to say that defense was on it. That keeper was having a really good game. And I was like, what the heck right now? It got to, <laughs> it got to the point where RSL was so deep that Sega Kulavali went on a 60-yard run past a perfect ball to Julian Araujo outside on the wing, and Julian Araujo crossed it in. It was like RSL was holding on that badly at times. And say what you will about Koulibaly, but I have to give him kudos for it not being actually worse at points. We have a ball-playing center back. It's weird. Um, look, I, I, I want to say that I think this team... I, I think this team is just like... Again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... You know when you got those geodes as a kid? And mm. you like had to take the hammer to open up the gemstone? And you got like the cool little gems in the thing? Was I the only rock nerd? No, I loved that. Are you kidding? I'm sitting right next to an amethyst and a moonstone as okay. we speak. I was like, I was glad I'm not the only rock nerd. Um, no. <laughs> but like, we're like a couple hammer hits away. And I know that sounds weird and I understand. And like, I've been on Galaxy Twitter and I stupidly answered a couple of things in the Galaxy Facebook groups about like, well, we need to fire Vanny. We need to blow it all up again. And my thought is like, I understand the frustration. Mm-hmm. It's almost there. The numbers look decently good. I mean, the only number that really angers me is expected goals against, which, well, what have the Galaxy been dealing with for the past six years? Expected goals against, because we haven't been good defensively. Um, Mm -hmm. What I would say is, you know, the Austin game is one of those, again, and I keep keep saying it, and I know, and everyone's going to be like, oh, he's going to say it again. The Austin game is one of those road games where it's just like, we didn't play well. Cool. Forget it. Austin's, that's probably going to be Austin's best result this season. Like, that will probably be the one that they... It's embarrassing, though. Well, yeah, but remember, when Orlando joined the league, we lost 4-0 in Orlando when, you know... I know. It just makes me think of Decision Day, which I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, the Galaxy losing the last team, Houston, and being upset. We we tend to lose on the road to expansion teams (sighs) in their first year. It just happens. It's this weird thing the club is cursed with. What I will say is also the Western Conference really helped us on Wednesday night. I mean, LAFC losing... Um, San Jose okay, losing. I kind of wish that would have been a draw, though. Oh, no, no. We needed LAFC to lose. Um, LAFC losing, you know, Minnesota no, of course, losing, it's and, on a and Vancouver night. losing. Like, I mean, that was huge for the Galaxy in terms of just keeping the numbers, keeping the standings tight. That's what they needed. Mm. I will say, if I could replicate the first 45 minutes of the game against Real Salt Lake and play that over 100 times, I think the Galaxy score about maybe 70 goals. Like, they just were so good. And it's this thing where, you know, and, and for me, at least the, the, the player of these past two games, the best player in the Galaxy in the Galaxy jersey has been Chicharito because, I mean, normally I get very concerned when your number nine drops that deep into the midfield. I get kind of a little bit worried because it's like, well, to delve into my dad's engineering past, every fulcrum needs a counter fulcrum. Like, you need something to work off of that. And that's why I always thought that, well, the logical thing to do is to play Jovalich and Chicharito together because Chicharito drops deep. He has Jovalich as kind of the point man. Ball goes to Jovalich. Jovalich holds or gets it out wide to the wings. And then Chicharito sprints into space and makes one of those very smart runs that he makes. And by the way, he was making some incredibly smart runs against Real Salt Lake. That defense is very lucky he only scored one goal. 
but they didn't give that to him, which I'm a little bit confused by. And, I, and it's weird because they've, they've, Fanny has this idea of a four, two, three, one, where she just one up top, but basically it turns into kind of like a, a weird formation where Grand Seer plays as the guy that generates all the magnetism around him. And then Chicharito runs into the empty space. I don't think Grand Seer is meant for that role. And that's why, like, he's played Victor Vasquez there, and that's kind of where, like, the the best moments of this Galaxy season have been, where Chicharito and Vasquez are kind of paired together, and it all works out really nicely. Um, but, it, and I, I don't mean, and, and and I agree with you 110%, I think the Vinny out crowd are crazy. Like, I don't, if you're a Vanny out fan at this point, I don't think you understand how teams work. Um but what I will say is, mm-hmm. I think Vanny's got a very talented pool of individuals, but he doesn't know how to make them a team right now. And it's not, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's his player's fault that they just don't know how to interact with one another. And, you know, for obviously his recruitment had to have been weird, right? I mean, we're talking about January 2021. We're still very much in the throes of the pandemic. Travel is very difficult. What was the one country he could go to? And he's alluded to this. He said, you know, the, he was asked, like, point blank at a press conference. He was said, like, you know, why is everyone that you brought in French? And he said, well, that was the easiest country we could get into. Like, yes, recruitment right now is weird. Um, the fact that they cut Jovlich out of Serbia, well, Serbia was pretty much open at the time, um, is, like, the first kind of signing where I feel like it wasn't necessarily COVID dictated. But look, this team, on paper, in terms of the numbers that I'm seeing, is decently good. They're going to make the playoffs. And if you look at Greg Vanny in 2015 when he started with Toronto, he got a very similar roster, a roster that was fundamentally broken. I mean, their starting goalkeeper was Chris Konopka, who wasn't necessarily particularly great. I mean, a starting defense with Ashton Morgan, who was a young kid. I mean, Zavaleta Williams, Perkis, who Perkis couldn't do anything. I mean, his starting midfielders were like Bradley Sheru and Sheru was 34 and on the back end of like on the bad end of 34. And then a bunch of young kids, including uh, a great player from my alma mater, Elon, um, Danny Lovitz, but like he was given nothing and yet he got them to the playoffs. I mean, his best player was Giovinco. Mm-hmm. He did something with nothing. He's kind of in the same situation here, but he's got a little bit more talent and it's like, yeah, that first year in 2015 was bad, but then you look what happened in 2016, 17, 18. Like, Toronto was brilliant. It's going to take time. And, like, I know we're Galaxy fans. We are, we are impatient. That is and our... And have a higher standard, yeah. Yeah, that is our lot in life. But we have to be very aware that we were the laughing stock of the league for about three years. Um, I, I do... I'm as frustrated as the next person with what happened in Real Salt Lake on Wednesday night. But sometimes you have to say, well, shoot, you know? Like, just things happen, and a fluke, two fluky goals, and that's that. But if that and ha- also shoot, but anyway. <laughs> well, there's that. But if that happens in May or June, that's an easier thing to swallow. Not when we have seven games where it's like, what is this team? Yeah, yeah. What what is this team? And and we've been asking that, you know. Um, but again, that has to do with the rebuild, and that has to do with patience and. Look, 
I hesitate to say because I've already kind of screwed us over by saying what I wanted the episode to be titled. Um, yeah, knocking on wood, hard look. I'm not going to say more than this. It's just I'm going to say if. If we make the playoffs, you know, financially, Christian, can you and I afford the long run? Or are we okay with the team going with, like, one or two games in? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's two sides to every coin and I, obviously, as a Galaxy fan, you want to watch your team. That's what bars are for. You know, it's cheaper so, to grab so a beer there, you know? But, so I go yeah, back, go for it. I go back to Colorado's run in 2010, where Colorado was a very unfavorable team in 2010. I mean, they were decent, not great. Made the playoffs, and they just started winning. And they, you know, won MLS Cup. Like, once all you have, like Guillermo Shaloto, for all of his faults, had one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard in my life about MLS in the playoffs because Guillermo gets it because he played in it and he understands mm-hmm. it. He was part of a title winning team in, in Columbus where he said, Look, MLS is very simple. It's just you have to be invited to the dance. And then once you get to the dance, you just have to say, All right, I'm going to dance with the prettiest woman there. And you go for it. And that's MLS Cup. You know, like we just have to be invited to the dance. And I think they're going to get there. I really do. If this team can capture lightning, then, you know... I'm going to start lighting my candle now, everybody. That's um. probably a good idea. Then, then this team can accomplish a lot of things. And I think we like that first half, I mean, like, they were electric in that first half against Real Salt Lake. Like, I mean, legitimately electric to watch. Yeah, and I think that's why we were so frustrated. Look, we're all blown away at that third goal in stoppage time. It's just one of those things, like, this is just, <laughs> why are it's, we sports fans, you know? Is, it, this is what happens. Look, the Dodgers were able to actually win when they were losing by, you know, four, and then they get four home runs. Like, you, this is why you can't turn off the TV. This is why you, you need to support your team to the end. You really, you you, you had to mention that Dodgers game. Sorry, sorry. You, yes, sorry. Christian, I know he's a Dodgers to. fan. Uh, I'm just talking as an LA fan. Season's over. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is this. I think there's two very interesting quotes that came out of this game in the press conference. And one of them is from Chicharito and one of them is from Greg Vanny. Chicharito said, um, I quickly want, I want to quickly take responsibility because of course I have very high standards for myself and I ask myself even more than this. And I told the guys in the locker room, that's the LA galaxy. You can be playing incredible for 85, 86, 87 minutes, but then in two minutes, everything can change. That's the pressure. That's the commitment. That's the responsibility. That's the effort that this club requires from you. And then Vanny says, if we can keep performing like we did tonight, this is going to turn. That's language of a team that believes in itself. That truly, mm-hmm. you know, is, is willing to call its, call its aces. And I, 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 that's a positivity around a team that has kind of had a general malaise that I don't think we've had in years past. Like, for, for Vanny yep. to come out and say, like, it's just going to take, like, one thing, and we've got this. You know, Chicharito said, we are just one result away to change this momentum for sure. Which leads into our conversation about Sunday, mm-hmm. um, if I may mm-hmm. shift the direction. Shift it. I think the Galaxy are going to score a lot against LAFC. I do. I really Third do. Third gear. We don't do predictions on this show. No, I, I, I'm, not calling, I'm not calling a score. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying... I've seen that LAFC defense, and I saw them against Portland, and I was looking at that RSL defense, and that was an RSL defense. Here's the only thing about that Portland. I had students. 
Miss Portland cheated. They paid the refs. And I go, look, the refs have been frustrating to watch. And that's MLS for you, right? Um, look, we're not Portland fans here, <laughs> okay? Um, you know, that said, uh, look, the Galaxy always step up for El Trafico. They step up at home and start not lighting your candles and knocking on wood and sage. And I don't care what you believe in. You better start praying or whatever it is you do, guys. Start dancing, all right? Um, but, for, but for real, though, we're keeping things realistic. Um, the only hard thing for me is being able to enjoy this. Of course, you want your team to win. Always, always, always. Yes, stepping up for the 100th El Trafico. But, like, what, what I'm trying to get at, too, is... It's a little hard to enjoy when you know that even when your team wins, they're probably still going to be sitting in sixth place. But you know what? It's above the playoff mark. There's only one way to go, hopefully, and that's up. And it has to start this Sunday. So also if the Galaxy win, they will move the line from LAFC that much farther, which yes. would be very beneficial. I will say, I, I think with this LAFC team, they are fantastic moving forward. I mean, even with Vela out, Arongo has hit the ground running. Um you know, even though Diego Rossi is off in Turkey, hopefully enjoying Fenerbahce, which is apparently my Turkish team. That's weird. Um, there's a whole cool. entire story about No, yeah, I mean, I, I had an Uber driver one night, and we're driving back home, and I'm, you know, under the influence of substances. And he says, oh, you, you cover soccer. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, so who's your Turkish team? And that's always a, that's, that's a fraught question, because if you answer that wrong, things could go bad. And I was like, oh, I don't have one. He was like, cool, you're a Fenerbahce fan now. And I was like, all right, cool, I guess I am. Um, but, even, like, I mean, Brian Rodriguez is still dangerous. I mean, we saw that lost Trafico. Um, but I, I just question that defense because I just don't think they're particularly good. And I think, you know, the reason that I, I'm kind of confident the Galaxy will score goals against LAFC is if you think about it, L, or Real Salt Lake held on for dear life in that first half. The Galaxy had so many good looks. Bob Bradley's not going to do that because Bob Bradley... For as tactically adept as he is, is at the end of the day dogmatic to his playing style, which is they play expansive, possession-based, fast counterattacking soccer. Well, what does that require a team to do? That requires a team to be expansive, play vertical. Well, the whole entire book about beating the Galaxy has been, well, don't be vertical, be horizontal. You know, just stuff the midfield in, and the Galaxy will struggle. Same, actually, oddly enough, the same exact playbook to beat the U.S. Women's National Team. So what I would say is, if Bradley becomes dogmatic again and just demands his team play vertical, you know, I really like Cabral or Grancier or Efrain Alvarez, who, by the way, I've eaten crow this season on Efrain Alvarez because Efrain Alvarez off the wing in Real Salt Lake was brilliantly good. They're going to get space. They're going to get time. And if they, in Chicharito, he's done this to teams with very, like, very good defenses. I don't think LAFC's is particularly good. But Chicharito makes very smart runs when you give him space. Well, what happens when you play vertical? Well, your center backs are pulled a little bit apart. You know, you've got a smart number nine is going to hit those spaces. I truly believe Chicharito is going to have a ton of opportunities in this game. And that's why I kind of want to see him pair with Jovalich up top in this one. Because I think they're going to kind of feast. And I mean, you saw how easy Jovalich had it against that defense. I feel I, I, there will be goals in this one. I don't know how it's going to end, you know. Obviously, we don't do predictions on the show. If I had to, I'd mm. say another 3-3 draw um, because both teams' defenses are um, – well, um, yeah, both teams' defenses are um, – well, 
they're defenders. Um, <laughs> well, they play well, that's, that's a question. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, we're going to get opportunities and if, if they can take advantage, which was, which was the story of the RSL game, which was the Galaxy had a bunch of opportunities, didn't take advantage. And it seems like everyone kind of got that. And just reading the quotes, and I understand their quotes, and they're to the media, which means they, you know, it's kind of like a, a puppet show song and dance. We have to say the right things. Um, but it does feel like, honestly, losing was a bit of a turning point for them, uh, especially in that game against Real Salt Lake, where they just absolutely dominated them. Um, I, I do feel that if the Galaxy can deal with Arongo, which leads me to my next point about tactic tactical setup, which is... I really like that double pivot of Jonathan Dos Santos and Ryan Revolution against RSL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're if you if I'm Greg Vanny, what I do is I I tell them and it's the same thing they did in the playoffs or not the playoffs, in the Classico they won Trafico they won against at home when Ibrahimovic scored his hat trick and LAFC just had no answers. Which is basically you task one of them with hounding Atuesta out of the game. And I know we it's it's a playbook that's been done before, but it actually really works because the, Gal- or the LAFC doesn't tick over if Atuesta isn't ticking over, right? Like, Atuesta is so critical to their movement that it basically, if you mark him out of the game, well, then it's just long balls up the top. And honestly, I'd take Sega Kubali over, you know, Arango and Brian Rodriguez simply because Kubali is a built, you know, French dude that's, you know, trucking people over left and right, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, so I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 there's opportunity here. Both teams are incredibly yeah. fragile. And also what I will, I will say, and I, I texted a friend of mine this tonight. Don't expect, I, I would say if someone gets sent off in this game, I wouldn't be surprised because this is, this game is <laughs> mission critical for both teams. Seven games left. For LAFC, you can close the gap on the line. For the Galaxy, you can maybe get yourself into that position of a home playoff game, maybe guarantee playoffs, because I think if you get three points out of this, playoffs are kind of guaranteed. Cross fingers. I think both these teams are going to be laying it out on the line, and that's going to be make for something incredibly exciting. Oh, absolutely. Like, I am... All for being there. Um, and before we get into everything that's happening this October 3rd, can you believe it's here already? Um, you know, last night I was sitting there. I'll take the draw, you know? And then that unlucky third goal happened. So this is what I say when you predict a, or not really predict a, a, a draw. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't complain about a draw. It's not ideal, but the way that things have been, I'll take it. And that's not settling. That's like you're saying. Look at how, how close the gap is. You know, the Galaxy can can and have to start winning, but, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world to get a draw is what I'm trying to say. And I think that it would curb – yes, it would curb our enthusiasm, but I think it should curb the panic as well. Uh, I – I would kindly disagree. I think three points is critical here. I, like, I mean, no, if, absolutely, it's critical. But I'm also being realistic of what if they get a draw, like you're saying. Well, I mean, okay, so so let's let's assess if we get a draw against LAFC on Sunday. LAFC goes to 34 points. We don't know what would happen with Vancouver that Saturday Sunday. 
Uh, the line is theoretically drawn around, I'd say, knowing what Minnesota has to deal with, I'd say 38 points. I just think three points puts you at 41 points. Mm-hmm. I think that just completely puts LAFC out of playoff contention in a way that hmm. I would really like to see. Um <laughs> Oh, absolutely, but, absolutely. But, but, in no way was I saying that, but I'm also, like I said, <laughs> looking at and all the, the Galaxy fans screaming into the void, you know? But I, I also would agree that I think, you know, a draw would kind of be this oddly galvanizing moment for the Galaxy, kind of like it was when we drew 3-3 at the Bank of California Stadium. Like, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it could galvanize this team in a very strong way. Um, and it, 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 in a team that needs a galvanizing moment, but it, you know, it, it's again, it's my frustration with this with this team right now. And yes, mm-hmm. I'm normally Mister Optimist, but I'm really frustrated with the team right now because I mean, you look at Austin. That was an opportunity. We also like that was an opportunity. This is another opportunity. If they're the team that they were supposed to be, then they have to take this opportunity. Yeah. Um, so all the things that have been planned for October 3rd. Yes, we will be there and with Elias our house selling issue number two. Still have a few issues left of issue number one, so get it in your hands. Pre-order with Elias our house now so that way you can just pick it up. Pick it up at the stadium. Pick it up before the game. Pick it up after. I know everybody, depending on how it's going to be, might be kind of blitzed or we all get kicked out of the parking lot. Um, you know, but definitely we'll we'll get it to you. We promise. Then um, that way you don't have to wait for shipping. You don't have to pay extra for shipping. Okay. Um, some, thank some, you to those who have someone patroned. Wrote, yes. Someone wrote a pretty good article in addition to, if I do say so myself. Ah, yes, yes. It is worth the read, you guys. And if you haven't been over to Instagram to see the sneak peeks, you are missing out. Uh, For those listeners who are actually uh, have no social media presence, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You know, we hope we keep you in the the loop. And, you know, those who can't watch live, um, I hope that we're your source. It's really, really appreciated. And Hopefully we get to see and meet more of you there as the Landed Donovan statue gets unveiled. It has been a week of celebrations, you guys. Um, yeah, I am super excited. Uh, 14, first 17,000 fans get a Landed Donovan t-shirt. I'm dying to get it because it's so hard. Because, you know, you, you're with everything, all the festivities going on. It's El Trafico. Like... You know, it's fun for these things to kind of spill over and then you're kind of rushing to get into the stadium. So I definitely want to get in early enough, you know, to um, be able to get the T-shirt. So, um, yeah, swing swing on by. We are so grateful and excited. Yeah, uh, so as Michelle said, please buy the magazine. Um, I wrote a really cool piece. A lot of other people wrote really cool pieces. We've got Galaxy History in there, which was absolutely incredible, like, I got my printed copies that I had sent to my door and, and reading all the work that everyone did. Alyssa, um, she's a member of VBlock, uh, did some phenomenal photo work for this. Uh, so please get your copies. Um, and it's International Podcaster Day, so please uh, go on your podcast app and rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell us how much it's awesome or if there's anything we need to work on. 
Just DM us that. Yeah, just DM us the negative stuff. But just, we are definitely working on it. Yeah, and no, we really appreciate you. Yeah, you all know who you are to give us a feedback. Yeah, We're looking to get more content. Yeah, no, no. Rate five stars and only say the positive stuff and then DM us the negative stuff so we can work on that. So you don't mm-hmm. so that random mm-hmm. people don't see that. Um, we really appreciate everything you do. And um, we have yeah, we an amazing community here. Yeah, yeah, we have an amazing community. Thank you so much. And and definitely we hear you. I mean, I have people come up and you know, give their critique on Simply Soccer and the magazine as well. So, you know, we do this for you guys and, of course, for ourselves, but mostly for you and, we are and very, the community. And we are very lucky to do it. Yes, thank you so much. Love you See guys. See you soon. Cheese up.